are back this week, your weekly edition of Weekly Ordinance. How many times can I say weekly in the intro? I, that was three, if I'm counting. I'd like to say hello to you, everybody out there that's listening. And we appreciate your ears. We appreciate your time. My name is Mario Nunez, and I am assisted here ably, most ably, by my broadcast partner, Collaborative Spirit in Atlanta, Georgia. What's his name again? Clifford Callender. <laughs> and that's just the energy he brings to the show, ladies and gentlemen. It's Clifford Callender. I don't know, but I'm going to let him open the show next week so he can bring the good stuff. Because, uh, you know, as we learn as we learn our way about this, uh, we figure our uh, find, find which way we want to go with this. Uh, you know, that's how we do it. Clifford, how are you today, man? Fantastic. You know, we got fresh air and sunshine. We got the World Series starting today. Um, everything's good so far. Nothing to complain about. Well, it's, it's good here, and it's good where our producer-engineer, uh, Dwayne Terry, sits, which is just a few feet away from me. But I don't know that it's terribly good in, uh, in certain parts of Northern California. Did you, did you hear the breaking news this morning? It's rather distressing. Well, if you're talking about Nancy Pelosi's husband getting beat up, yeah, that's definitely disturbing because um, apparently the individual that broke in was yelling for Nancy Pelosi. Now, I don't know how this information got out whether her husband was able to communicate that or they used the, uh, the uh, surveillance video that's associated with their security system. But if that's true, then that's a huge problem. Then that, 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 that makes this particular um, crime somewhat politically motivated. If he's hollering for Nancy and her husband's there, I mean, they've lived there for a while. They've been married 50 years, they got five kids. And for, um, for her as Speaker of the House, she has a security detail, not only in Washington, but when she travels home and her family is also protected. You know, in the line of succession, she's number three, you know, president, vice president, speaker of the house. So, um, yeah, this is this is huge, huge concern. And I think they need to be very aggressive with how they uh, how they investigate this and peel the onion back. I was not quite through my second cup of Java this morning <clears throat> when the news broke. I believe it was at the nine o'clock hour. And uh, I, I almost spit the coffee out back into the cup because it was like, uh, you know, I've been kind of talking about this and it's not something that I'm, I, I want to necessarily put out there in the universe. But I've been saying that this is, this is going to be the end result of all of the uh, nastiness, all of the propaganda, all of the misinformation. The fact that we are uh, dealing in a, in, you know, in, in a world where people are not necessarily uh, playing by the same rule book. And then you mix in some good, uh, serious mental health issues. You know, these are the things that are going to happen. And it seems like we, I say we, the, you know, Team Blue, no mystery here. Team Blue is the, uh, is, is the target. And, and again, third, third, third in succession to the, uh, uh, to the President of the United States and, and arguably, you know, the target uh, of a lot of hate. This is not good. This is, this is not good. This person attacked... Um Mr. Pelosi with a hammer. And, and that, that's, that must have, see, those details weren't available uh, up until, I guess, just a little while ago because I've been away from, uh, from the feed. But, but my goodness, a hammer. My goodness. Yeah. So, I mean, that, I don't know what type of security they would have on her property or even a car outside. I have no idea. You know, I certainly don't purport to know. But um, you wonder how an individual would be able to to work their way into um, Pelosi's home. I don't know what type of home she has, what neighborhood she lives in. 
but I would imagine that the security is probably, um, I'm not going to say robust, but uh, pretty, pretty significant and pretty significant. And there's probably a presence. So I, I, I don't know. I don't I know how this. I would suggest to you that uh, if it wasn't robust, and I like that word, if it wasn't robust before, it will be now. Uh, I, would, would I would suggest to you now. That, that, car, that car will be stationed out there 24-7 moving forward. Um, right. And, and they will move with new expediency to find out uh, what the motivation and, and, you know, take this up the food chain. See, you know, this was not, this is not a lone wolf. This is, this is an activity that's probably associated with a, a coordinated effort. And and if this was the headwaters, we need to we need to cut the head of the snake off now before we get into the rapids because, you know, uh, election day. Last time I checked, is about ten days away. Something like that. The thing is, is that the president or even Congress or even Nancy Pelosi, as the Speaker of the House, can mandate the same level of protection that the president or the vice president received. She sure can, and she sure will. So moving, moving, moving forward with 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 due. Uh, with due haste, let's let's talk a little bit about, and this is a perfect segue because we're talking about it. You know, the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband is democracy in peril. I guess we can we can safely assume that that at this point uh, th- that may be a foregone conclusion. I, for one, from where I sit, consuming way too much news, uh, feel like why is the other side working so hard? Why is one side? I won't say the other side. I'll say the other side. I'll just say one side. Why is one side working so hard to dismantle the institutions of democracy, if not to destroy it? I'm looking for your opinion, my brother. You know, I, I don't I don't know why they're so quick to do that, but that's that certainly is my perception. The thing that's happened with the advent of the Internet, the advent of um, of social media, you've had you've got you've got two um, dominant parties that are not just siloed, but completely bifurcated. And um, we've also run into a situation where one group or one side, it could be the Dems or the Republicans, present facts, and the other side pre- argues those facts as if, well, one side presents facts and the other side presents opinion, and they argue that as if they were facts. And, and so to your point, People are living in, um, in, in, in in totally different universes. But you take someone like myself, and this has been very hard. It's hard for me to even engage anyone that is an election denier and a Trump supporter for several reasons. When you look at the contested 2020 election, and I'm not going to stay on this long, when you look at the 2020 um, election, the areas that were heavily contested were, were, were urban areas um, where the electorate is predominantly African-American. We're talking Milwaukee, Detroit. We're talking Atlanta, Georgia. And so um, when you look at someone like Donald Trump, who provides safe haven for white supremacists, I can't support that. And it's hard for me to even engage someone who finds it reasonable to do so. However, we have to, we have to find a way to, 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 to engage each other in, 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 in conversation. Now, do I think our democracy is in peril? No. Do I think um, we've got some challenges and it could slip away from us? I really, I really do believe that. I really do believe that. Um, if we lose our democracy, the Supreme Court is done. So I don't know what their angle is or what they are thinking, but if we lose our democracy to a bunch of election deniers, they're done. 
Whatever they say does not matter. I get the sense that, and for me, the glass has always been, personally, has always been half full. I've always tried to find the silver lining, proverbial silver lining, to try to find some good, even in a dire, dark situation. But in this this particular case, I, I almost feel like I'm watching it unfold in real time. And that I already know the outcome. I don't know that I know the outcome. That's impossible for anybody to be able to determine or decipher. But I feel like everybody's talking about it as if it's late in the fourth quarter and you're down by three possessions and there's just not enough time. There's not enough possessions left on the field. And 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 I feel like I already know that this game is, not that it's rigged. We certainly know that they're trying to, to rig the outcome, but... That, that the poles are starting to, 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 to break and, and it's just dire. It's just dire because if we, if we put these people in a position of authority, well, who's to keep them from, from doing the bidding of those that would have our democracy give way to an autocratic leader? I don't know. Well, let's make this abundantly clear. Let's see. Let's, if, if, if the Republicans regain control of the House and or the Senate— Donald Trump will be running both. Okay, let's 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 make that clear. Regardless of what Mitch McConnell may or may not do, should they win the Senate, the politicians as a whole are more concerned with Donald Trump's base. For whatever reason, they find that base um, um, of 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 significant importance. You know, we we don't know. Remember, in 2016. Hillary Clinton was on her way to becoming the first female president of the United States, and then Donald Trump won. And Agreed. everyone woke up and said, what the heck happened here? Well, you know, it's a foregone conclusion, or at least some people believe, that the House will return back to control by the Republicans and the Senate may. Well, we don't know. And in some cases, you can't even count, like, like Pennsylvania, you can't count early votes until Election Day. And so when we look at the polls, the polls are... The polls today are exactly what early projections were 20 years ago, okay? And so what we have to do, we have no choice but to wait and let this thing and let this thing um, uh, work its way through. But what we can do is encourage people to vote and encourage people to vote for whatever they feel is important to them. And um, I think the voter turnout is strong. And um, am I worried? Yes, I am. And you are not alone, my brother, because there are a good number of us. Uh, presumably, there are people of good conscience on the other side that are also a little bit preoccupied because they have children, they have grandchildren, they have hopes and dreams and aspirations. They believe in the in the in the concept of America and and all that it represents. But but there may they may be powerless to stop or stem the tide that seems to be running away with things now. You know, we, we are a country where we embrace our Second Amendment rights. We do have more guns than people in this country, and we certainly have the bullets to complement those guns. Is that an issue? I think it is. I think it is. Well, I think the Second Amendment, I think it's important that we maintain the—I um, the, the, don't want to say control. I think it's important that we maintain the spirit of the Second Amendment. If you look— if, 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 if you have access to uh, the Constitution, the Second Amendment allows you to bear arms, the right to bear arms for the purpose of defending yourself against a militia or defending, I mean, defending yourself against the government and that 
individuals can form a militia. That militia is your National Guard. We have to employ um, smart laws. I don't think that an 18-year-old should be able to buy a long gun that can be converted into an automatic weapon. I certainly don't believe that. And I don't believe that we necessarily have to have to take guns. We, we, we can't. There's no way to remove guns off the street. I don't care what anybody says, because what will eventually happen is you'll have a, a, a pop up. You'll have a pop up uh, factory of manufacturing. Come, I, mean, I mean, I'm serious. This is what will eventually happen. But there are also enough guns out there that people will continue to trade and use and, and, and do what they want. Now, I don't believe, you know, that idiot, Mark Rubio, I don't believe that a person who is intent on committing a crime is going to find a gun, whether 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 we do something or not. No, we can put in controls in place to make it a lot more difficult for someone to procure a firearm. You know, um, when you look at Nancy Pelosi's husband getting beat up, it's interesting. This guy went to inflict pain. He could have easily had a firearm. I don't understand that. Oh, and here's the other thing that just drives me insane. Why is it that one side is always on the side of, you know, the, the bully, the, the fact that, you know, we, we want to, you know, exercise our authority. We want to sh show those people, the, whoever those people are, who's boss around here. Do they not think that the other side doesn't have the capacity for evil and, and malice and destruction and silliness and all the things that, that comes from that? I mean, I, I think that we're teetering, in, 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 we're, we're, we're tip, dipping our toe in the waters now, and, and this is where things could escalate and get out of control because, you know, uh, I'm thinking Sean Connery. I'm thinking uh, uh, the, the movie um, Stay With Me where he tells uh, Andy Garcia's character, The Untouchables, he says, you know, they, they put one of ours in the hospital, we put one of theirs in the morgue. You know, th th is this where we're going to end up? Is this what's going to happen here? You take one of ours, we take three of yours. That's that's a I don't I think that's a dead end street. I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't, but the hypocrisy is palpable. You look at the Republicans and they say they 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 want to talk law and order, but they're in favor of this violent insurrection that took place to which hundred, you know, hundreds of officers were injured whether it was physical or mental injury. And you can't tell me a guy who almost got his eye poked out, almost got his eye gouged out, that he was not engaged in severe hand-to-hand -hand combat at the hands of those people following Donald Trump, okay? The Republicans have pulled out the same playbook since Richard Nixon. They, they go on crime and they use people of color, predominantly black people as criminals, and they also use, and they also use immigration. And they, and, they, and they point the finger at immigrants. For, for, for no reason at all. And I mean, it's, it's absolutely disgusting, but I blame the Democrats. I blame the Democrats for not affecting reasonable immigration law and policy. I blame the Democrats for not partnering with academia so they can get the smartest minds on this challenging problem and affect a positive outcome. I blame them. I blame them almost exclusively because what the reason why is because the Republicans have always used immigration and immigration is a problem with our country. So what we need to do is we need to affect good policy that's gonna allow us to manage the influx of people that are trying to come to this country. 
even if it means going to those countries and engaging in dialogue with that leadership. Kamala Harris was supposedly um, doing that early in her term, but that's all fallen on deaf ears. So you have people coming from Guatemala, from Nicaragua, from Honduras, um, all coming up through Mexico. You have people coming from South America, working their way through Central America to get to the, uh, the steps of the US border. This is, this is a problem. And since the Republicans won't deal with it, the Democrats have to, and they have it. And that's why we're in the position that we're in right now. Not everybody's bad. I'll give you that the numbers are staggering, but not everybody's bad. And if you want to look at it that way, the Marielitos that got here from Cuba in 1980, most of them were bad because most of them were in prison. Most of them were in the insane asylums when Castro opened his doors. And, and that's what brought us Tony Montana and, uh, and Scarface, the movie Scarface, say hello to my little friend. And that was a great, you know, it was a great movie. It was very entertaining, but it was also a little bit scary because the 80s and the early 90s, you know, gave us a, a rough time down there in, in, in South Florida. And, uh, you know, but they're not all bad. But I agree with you. You know, a responsible policy should be in place. Do we have to send teams of people out there? Do we have to go to the embassy over there? Do we have to have seminars and like, you know, in, you know, educate people on how to do this properly if you're going to do it? Perhaps. But uh, unless and until we do. And, you know, then, of course, how, how important is that when you start to consider that we're all we can talk about right now is gas prices and food prices and the abortion and, 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 and it goes on and on and on. So but but immigration is the, the boogeyman. Immigration and the other is the boogeyman, and that's what they, they tend to beat us over and about the head and shoulders every election cycle because it's just the low-hanging fruit. I, I, I wonder how we got here. I wonder, I wonder what has led us to this because, you know, it's not too long ago I can remember watching black and white television <clears throat> and watching Mayberry RFD or watching the Andy Griffith show. You know, Barney Fife, rest in, rest in peace, uh, uh, you know, Don, Don Knotts. You know, he had he had a gun because Andy let him carry a gun, and he had one bullet, and it was usually in his shirt pocket. You know what I mean? It was like, when did we get away from, you know, protect and serve to now everybody's a every every law enforcement agency is a you know essentially a paramilitary outfit with, and 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 with gear that you know would make any small country's military proud. You referenced several things. You referenced the Marielito. Um, Boatliff and how um, that was a problem. That was isolated. That was isolated to Florida. Trust me, the people in Georgia were not could care less about what, what happened during that period of time. A lot of that has to do with the fact that most of those people that came over, they were not black. Okay? If this happened and we had we had a significant number of Haitian immigrants that were coming here, that would not have happened. Perfect example is if you, the, the wet foot, dry foot law. That's applicable to Cuba. So if you come here from Cuba and you get your foot on U.S. soil, you can stay. If you're from Haiti, you have to go to Chrome Detention Center. Okay. Another thing that we need to, to take into consideration as warlords, when you look at the uh, unrest in Central and Central and Central and uh, and parts of South America, warlords or anywhere, the people in power are never going to give that up without a fight. That's just not going to happen. Okay, it's just not going to happen. So it's not like the United States can go down there, drop down uh, with a with 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 a military force, kill a bunch of people, stand up, stand up a um, a government, and then try to build from the inside out. That's not that's I don't I don't I don't see that happening. What we have to do is find a way 
to create opportunity, to create education. If you ever read, um, um, I can't remember his name, it's called uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman. This is what the United States used to do. This is why all of the warlords in Central America from- The Banana uh, Republic. Uh, I mean, were, were CIA operatives. Right. Daniel Ortega, um, Noriega. I mean, the list goes on and on. So um, I don't know how that's going to happen, um, but but that's really that's 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 the biggest problem. There is no opportunity, education, working, and that and and that and that's we haven't created a solution for that, and that's one of the reasons why I believe um, our politicians have failed by refusing to partner with academia. These are wonderful questions that you know I'd like to pose to. Our next candidate for uh, Democratic candidate for governor here in the state of Florida, Charlie Crist, who was once and before our governor uh, when he was part of the uh, the other party, right, the Republican Party, the GOP, <clears throat> and since he's he's moved two steps to the left and and moved through the Independent Party and now uh, as a Democrat is is trying to run again and he's he's pushing pushing the the sled uphill because he's got a hell of a battle. He's being outspent 10 to 1. Uh, Ron DeSantis uh, has, has been just brutally, brutally forward in, in everything he can possibly do to, uh, to make sure that he squashes all the hopes and, and dashes all the hopes of the Democratic Party here in Florida. And Marco Rubio is doing the same thing. Now, we don't have Charlie Crist today with us that we can pose these questions to, but we do have his running mate and, and the, the, uh, candidate, the Democratic candidate for lieutenant governor, uh, lady by the name of Carla Hernandez. I've had the pleasure of meeting Carla before. Uh, she came in and she sat with me on my uh, television production. And, uh, and we, we were in the middle of a wonderful conversation when we ran out of time and we offered her another little segment of time today. And perhaps she might be able to come in and answer some of these questions, some of these questions that we're asking ourselves and asking each other. And I'm, I'm wondering if Carla's on the line with me now. Carla, are you there? Hola, Mario. Yes, I'm here. Good to hear from you, my friend. Hoping that everything's good. Excited to be on this uh, uh, new thing, new adventure that you're doing right now. Thank you. And it is adventurous. I will say that. We are, we are, uh, I won't say we're flying by the seat of our pants because our, our producer engineer is very skilled and, and he knows exactly what he's doing. And, of course, my friend Cliff Callender, who is uh, my dear friend for over 40 years, who's in Atlanta. Cliff, say hello to Carla Hernandez. Uh, good afternoon, Ms. Hernandez. So glad for you to join the call. Hi, Cliff. I've heard great things about you as well. So Cliff they're all they're <laughs> all scurrilous and uncorroborated. <laughs> and be careful, Cliff, because no, I haven't said any of those things. Cliff is my my buddy, and and in some ways my partner in this uh, this battle against uh, evil that you know we were talking earlier today. And I know you're just joining us, Carla. But some of the things that Cliff and I have been discussing just briefly is things like democracy in peril and of course fascism's rise and you know race relations in our country media and the role it plays in mm. our sustainable democracy all of these things and of course i think at the root of it all and, and it's multi-causational so it's not something that you can point to and say this is the reason but i think the dumbing down and i use air quotes you can't see them but i'm the dumbing down of america in other words you know if you can if you can convince half of the population this story is true and you say it enough times they believe it they there you can you can get them to do anything you can get them to commit atrocities against the other side so we find ourselves in in a situation now where you know 
I'm breathless because the poles are starting to break and things are starting to look really, really dire. And and is this happening to us in real time? Now, you've you've mentioned to me before uh, everything that, that is good uh, with your platform and with Charlie's, and, and we have faith. We do have faith. And until and unless, I'm not going to lose my faith. But Carla, right. tell everybody what you've experienced on the road. And I don't want you to sugarcoat this. This is a time for, for honest evaluation. So if you're telling me that in some parts of the state it's falling on deaf ears, your hopeful commentary, or in other parts of the state you're getting uh, you know, sustainable apoyo, right, sustainable support, tell us right. what's been your experience on the road. So it's honestly been extraordinary, you know, and, and Cliff, Mario, you know, I appreciate what you're doing and, you know, just spreading the message of truth to power and knowledge is power. Um, this is how we, you know, affect all the misinformation and disinformation that's out there. But I'll tell you, it's been a great experience. Um, you know, everywhere that we go, we have groups of people that welcome us with open arms. Uh, but it's also been a little sad, sad to be in communities uh, where they feel neglected where they feel that they're not being heard. Um, there's so many uh, communities all across the state um, that we visited that talk about, you know, affordability and how it's so expensive to live in the state of Florida and that property insurance is so high. And, you know, they feel like they're being marginalized. Um, a lot of immigrant communities feel offended by the fact that Governor DeSantis, uh, you know, played, uh, you know, just politics with them, right? Putting them, putting Venezuelans on a plane and sending them to Martha's Vineyard. Um, you know, the arrests that were made over people who had gotten um, access to to vote or were told that they could vote. And then, you know, obviously that case was thrown out. But, you know, you see, you hear all these things, you hear the culture wars, you saw the debate um, and people are just, you know, they're really upset. I do think that there is um, this a lot of discontent. And I don't know if that's going to translate to apathy, which is what we hope does not happen. We know that every vote matters and every voice matters. And so we want to make sure that people just understand how important it is that they go out and vote, um, that they vote with their families, with their neighbors, with everyone. But, um, you know, we, we have to make sure that we are optimistic, that we can be that difference and that we can make that change that so many people in the state of Florida are hoping for. I, I, I love the hopeful comment. And, and that, like I said, my glass is always half full and unless and until you show me otherwise, <clears throat> that's the way it's going to continue to be for me. I, I, I think that, you know, the things that I'm seeing, the things that I'm reading, the things that I'm hearing are, are, are showing us that, you know, we, we, we have deficiencies in our messaging. We have deficiencies in sometimes being short-sighted. It seems like we always come in after four years of a disastrous Republican administration, we spend the first two years putting out all the fires and trying to rebuild all the destruction. And as a result, and the two-year midpoint, you know, we take a beating because it's real easy <clears throat> to blame that party that's in power now. After all, look at this. But people don't, it's nuanced, Carla. It's much more nuanced. It right. takes time. They, 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 they uh, liken it to and compare it to turning a battleship around. You know, you can turn a speedboat around on a dime, but a battleship, you know, aircraft carrier, think of it that way, takes a little bit more time. And, and as a result, here we are. We're, we're sitting here f staring down the barrel of, of, of that loaded gun, and it, it just doesn't look great. Now, when we get on the other side of this, results be, be what they may, we, we, I think as a party, right, we should probably... Uh, assign ourselves to doing a, a much better job of outreach, much better job of communication, 
and not just during the election cycle because the GOP the GOP is is building in Texas they're building community centers they're taking millions of dollars and building community centers that have like places to come watch a movie and daycare for your kids and dentist offices and chiropractors I don't know what they're doing but I know what they're doing have, right. you, have you heard of this happening so I've heard uh, th- there was somebody who shared with me um, um, an article or a story that came out on MSNBC and that there is a push to do those kind of centers here also in the state of Florida. Um, you know, and you're, you're right. We have to just be in community all the time, uh, talking, talking to people make sure that they understand that we are part of the community and that, you know, we are trying to that we uplift everyone and but i think that that people also saw something really interesting on the debate on monday and that was that you know we have a, a sitting governor that's not even committed to the state of florida he couldn't um you know answer a simple question that governor charlie christ asked him um you know he was very uncomfortable he was defensive uh he wouldn't you know admit whether he was going to serve a full term and you know we know that it's because there is no commitment to the state of florida and i think that people see that also they saw how he shifted his body language how uncomfortable he is and it also let people know that he's just not committed and you know he doesn't want to lead the state of florida but he has other political aspirations and i think that that's going to damage him because we want somebody that's committed in the state of Florida. And, you know, Charlie Chris has been out there pounding the pavement, talking to everybody. You know, we have plans on affordability, on, you know, expanding Medicaid, lowering prescription drug prices, lowering, you know, homeowners insurance property. And, you know, there's just so many things that we know people really care about and really want to deal with. Um, and, and that means that it's going to require commitment, commitment from a governor who really cares about making sure that all Floridians have a better have a better experience living in the state of Florida. And Florida was never supposed to be like this. Florida has always had its very unique personality. Uh, fourth generation Tampeño here. We've been here for a hot minute, probably since the late 1800s. We've seen a lot of changes. But one thing that has accelerated in the last, say, 20 years and certainly in the last 10 is is this influx of you know talk about immigrants <laughs> talk about people invading our state has been invaded and uh, whether it's from the northern states escaping uh property taxes and, and state income taxes or people from central and south america and the caribbean escaping calamity in their home countries florida has changed so much in the last few years that I, i'm hopeful that the, the national party has not given up on us but we're no longer even considered a uh, battleground state anymore. You know, the, the the color purple was being tossed around for a minute, and, and that's even being abandoned now. I'm not going to give up my fight. I know you're not going to give up the fight because we're in it to win it all the way to the end. But how do you how do you be? Listen, you're, hmm? you're absolutely right. And, you know, we always know that there is always a chance. And, you know, we it's not that we don't pay attention to the polls. You know, we we, we see them, but we are just in community and we're paying attention to the voices of the people that we see every day. Uh, You know, we're actively listening to every single one of the people that we encounter on the campaign trail. And that's what's real. So I tell people, you know, it's not about what the polls are saying, but it's about the people that show up to the polls. So that's why, mi gente, we got to make sure we go out and vote um, and that we vote early. Don't wait till November the 8th. Make sure that you take advantage of the fact that early voting has already started and it's in place in the state of Florida. And remember, November 8th is not voting day. 
It's the last day to vote. It's not voting Correct. day. It's the last day to Correct. vote. Cliff, as you've been listening to this conversation, have you formulated a question, a comment, uh, something you'd like to share with Carla? Um, sure, sure. No problem at all. And um, to be quite honest with you, there, you know, we have to be careful with the language that we allow to to the Democrats have to be careful with the language that they allow um, to propagate or exist. Perfect example is the word liberal is being used as a pejorative. And I and I have nothing but contempt for that. I mm. really do. And so when we use the word invade, it connotes something bad. People are coming to this country for the same reason people came to this country 100 years ago, for a better opportunity. But things have changed. And this is why politicians must partner with academia to create policy and effective procedures for fixing our immigration challenges. Now, as far as the Democrats have concern, are, are concerned, they have completely, um, I'm not going to use the language I want to use. They need to take the gloves off. They really do. I'm not saying they have to fight fire with fire, but you have to call it out at every time, at every instance. Right. I mean, the Democrats said nothing, absolutely, and I am fed up with this, said nothing about Donald Trump. His, his response to the pandemic is tantamount to crimes against humanity. 600,000 people died on his watch. Mm. 600,000 people who didn't have to. He politicized it and they didn't have to. Okay? I Cliff, mean, I'm so glad that you said, I'm so glad that you're bringing that up because I, I agree with you. I, I believe that we have to do, um, uh, we have to be very succinct in making sure that people understand what's up, you know, on the table and on the line. And, you know, I've been saying this now, you know, throughout the campaign trail that we have a current governor that acts like a wannabe dictator. Um, he has, you know, all these kind of characteristics that we see from our authoritarian regimes that many of the people that have come to the state of Florida are actually fleeing from, you know, Nicaragua, Venezuela and Cuba. Um, and, you know, although, you know, we don't have a crystal ball, um, we can we can predict what this is going to be like because of the behavior that he's already exhibited. And I'll give you an example. You know, DeSantis has a pattern of banning and silencing anything and anyone he disagrees with. Um, he's displayed a pattern of disgust distrust in minority communities. He believes African-American people are all criminals and commit voter fraud. Um, this is why he just, you know, arrested people as well. He believes Latinos are only good as political pawns to score points with racist Republican elites. He agrees that Representative uh, Lauren Bobbard in, you know, in that women are lesser vessel and need men mm -hmm. to determine what is best for them. Um, and so, you know, we know what this kind of behavior is. He tries to say that this is a free state when it's not. He bans books. He silences teachers. There's voter suppression. He's limiting, uh, you know, the the voting block of uh, people in Jacksonville because he just gerrymandered two African American congressional districts out of their voting blocks. And and we have to call it what it is. If we don't want a dictatorship, if we don't want a, an authoritarian regime, we need to get rid of this guy. DeSantis is, uh, you know, a cruel person who doesn't believe in freedom. He's only trying to get to the White House. And the reality is 
that we need to fight back because we have seen that democracy is fragile. We saw what happened in their insurrection, January 6th. Uh, if it happened in the White House, if it happened at the state capital, sorry, in the at our national capital in Washington, D.C., it can certainly happen here. We cannot let that happen. This is our time. This is why it's so important and critical that people go out and vote, that they vote for somebody that, you know, is kind, is compassionate, is honest, wants to help women, believes that women should have freedoms and rights, uh, believes in, you know, uh, making sure that um, there is voting uh, for legislation that actually helps minority communities, uh, you know, and that we stop with this whole fear mongering of pitting one community against the other. This is not what Florida should be. And that's why we're fighting for it. Amen. We'll ring a bell on that. Go ahead, no, I got, I, I've, got to, I've got to bring up another thing that the Democrats have failed terribly. Go ahead. I mean, we look at our circumstance, this is not all the Democrats' fault, but in part they need to take ownership of it. Let's look at let's look at Betsy DeVos. When the pandemic hit, where was she? Nobody said a damn thing. Now we have children that have missed a year, year and a half, two years of education. And what they did, and when I say they, the Department of Education surveyed eighth graders because that's where you go from elementary to high school. Things get fast. And what I learned from high school is when a kid is not engaged, now we see them drop out. Kids don't drop out of school in the eighth grade. They drop out between the ninth and 10th grade and they're done. This is, this is, this is terrible. And so here's what happens. Here's what happens. Those who have and those who don't, that gap gets wider and wider. That's why, that's why DeSantis could care less about what he's doing. Because if I'm a business, I have no interest in coming to Florida. The way they treated Disney? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, that's true. But listen, I'm an educator, so I can I can tell you that if you go back to my social media, I was calling Betsy DeVos out. And all my educator colleagues, we were all doing the same thing because we know that she was a fraud from the moment that she was put on. Uh, Thank you. Education. Put in the cabinet. That's so, right. Yeah. So we know. <laughs> no qualifications. You're, you're preaching to the choir yeah. on this side. No qualifications. And and uh, and yes. You know, we know that uh, her her connections to uh, the WWE and all, and her brother being the, the uh, CEO and founder of Z, and you know Blackwater before that. So yeah, there, there's a lot of nastiness. That that whole cabinet was just uh, it was the worst example of, of of putting people in charge of serious business that had no business being in charge of. So so Carla, I I want to hearken back to the uh, the debate the other night. We we were there at. at uh, 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 Casa Christ, and we were there with a b- couple dozen of our friends watching it on the big screen. And and from the minute he walked out, and this is if I had had the opportunity to talk to Charlie, I would have told him this. From the minute he walked out with his that look of a mono on his face, you know, like during the headlights, which was all the whole the whole debate almost. He comes out with his suit not even buttoned, and I'm I'm thinking, you know, Charlie should have told him something about that immediately. You know, you have a governor that comes out here and he's, you know, his his suit's not buttoned. I wonder why that is. Well, he knows why because you know his his. His overlord is is looking in on him now, and he wants to pay homage. That guy never buttoned his suit either. And beyond yeah. that, you know, he he should have he should have tried to. And every chance he got, uh, Ron DeSantis didn't miss the opportunity to say the Biden Christ administration, as if right. Christ is the vice president of the United States, or as if Christ has anything to do with the stuff that uh, President Biden is doing. So why why did not Charlie Christ? pin the tail on the donkey, or in this case, pin the tail on the bully, and do the same thing with Ron DeSantis. Now, he did he hit him a couple of times real hard when he mentioned, hey, how come you're not going to tell the people? Look in the camera and tell the people why 
you, you know, they, yeah. they should have confidence in you that you're going to stay four years in office. He had nothing to say. He had that deer in the head. I think he did a little peepee in his pants, if you want to know the truth, because that's what it looked <laughs> like to me. The look in his eye was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. He drank the water. He did some weird things with his eyes. But I would have done that at every turn. I would have told him, you know, and you better be careful what you say now because your boss is looking in on you. And he's not going to take too kindly if he knows that you're going to be running for president because I think that's what he wants to do. And why were you so close to him? Absolutely. And why and why and why? He didn't do that, yeah. though. Uh Look, absolutely. You know, we know that he's trying to get to the White House and that's why he can commit. But, you know, I think that the debate went really well. Um, Charlie performed extraordinarily. He brought out Ron's true colors. Um, you know, DeSantis, he was offensive. He was uncomfortable. He fidgeted. He twisted his, you know, neck and his head. And, you know, when he was asked about whether or not he would serve for a full um, term, you know, he was... He just had a really long, pregnant pause. I mean, Mario Cliffs, the pause was so pregnant. Republicans wanted to regulate it. How about that? <laughs> ah, <laughs> beautiful. Where did that come but, from? All right, Carla. You've been waiting, you've been waiting to give us that all this. Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, but in all seriousness, Charlie did really well, you know, to put the truth out there. I'm proud of him and all the work he's done to inform Floridians on the importance of this election and, of course, preserving and restoring our freedoms and preventing a dictator from further dividing our state just because he wants to become the president by force. Well, we are proud of you as well. And, you know, I, we are just now getting to know you. And your profile has just now been elevated to the point that, you know, people around the state are getting to know you. Before that, you know, you were the head of the teachers union in the state of Florida, career professional uh, and from Hialeah, proud resident of the city of Hialeah. Hialeah. And, 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 <laughs> Charlie comes from Hialeah. Hialeah is in the house. That's and, right. And some proud Hondureño, proud Hondureño parents. So and we're getting to know you now. And I think. Listen, uh, as dark as times may seem right now, and you know, but I have to buy into darkest before the dawn, right? I believe that. I believe we may have to go through some pain before we realize, you know, maybe my girlfriend wasn't so bad after all. You know, I threw her out, yeah. I let her go, she walked away from me. And now I feel real sorry about that. I should have done more to protect her, I should have done more to care for her. Well, you know, you, you, to me personally, you represent the next round of leadership i'm always listen if i didn't know anything and i vote in every election and if i didn't know anything about the candidates now i do a deeper dive we can do it a little more easily with of course with the internet and so forth but if i didn't know anything about anything i would first vote for the female on the, on the ticket if it was two if it was a man against a woman i vote for the female as in judges for example and 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 then i would vote for a woman of color or a woman of, of latino heritage so you represent kind of, you know, all of that for us going forward. I hope that no matter what happens here and now, and certainly that we prevail, but if not, you don't, you don't lose your taste for public service and you continue to battle the good fight. Mario, listen, I appreciate your kind words. Um, you know, I'm in this to win this. I'm going to keep on pounding the pavement, uh, pounding the pavement, making sure that people understand just how important um, all of this is. And, and right now we are seeing unprecedented numbers of people voting early, which is incredible. But we need more people to turn out and vote. We need people to turn out like this is a presidential election because it is. We know who's running for president. Um, um, and, we, you know, we just launched our Hispanic GOTV efforts tour uh, just a few days ago. I've been telling people all across the state uh, not to vote alone, to bring your family, to, you know, just come out to the polls, bring your neighbors. Um, because the more of us vote, the louder our voices will be heard. And, you know, I'm optimistic, Mario. We just got to keep on pushing and getting the message out across, um, you know, all the airwaves to all communities. 
because we deserve better. We can be better. And this is how we do it. We do it by going to the polls and voting. I'm looking at Texas as well. I'm looking at what's happening over there because, you know, something special is going on over there. Yeah, there are certain counties in South, uh, in the South uh, Rio Grande Valley that that may be flipping from blue to red because of whatever reason. But I think on balance, I think Beto, is, his, his message is resonating. I think there's something special happening in Texas. Both Cliff and I were there in the 90s, uh, you know, when uh, Governor Richards was, you know, she had our attention. She did an amazing job. And, and I think that Texas is better served when everybody's included, right? It's one of the largest states in the union, for crying out loud. But then, then again, so is Florida. And Florida and Texas and California and New York and, you know, Illinois to a certain extent. All of these states, Arizona, starting to grow in the population. People don't want to be up north anymore. They don't want to be cold. So they're moving further and further south. I say stay there because in another 10 or 15 years, if we continue to, to look the other way, global warming, you're gonna, don't worry, there's not going to be a winter in Chicago. And people are going to be burning up here in Florida. So, yeah, just stay there. I want to say something. I want to jump in and say something because you're moving off subject. Um, when you talk about, and I am Democrat, but when you talk about the Democratic leadership, Jamie Harrison, he has he has failed us. He's failed us, okay? Democratic candidates should be voting early and encouraging their constituents to vote early. Well, who, we, who do we not see on university campuses? We don't see Democratic candidates. We see the Republicans. Is there a young Democrat society going on around academia? Well, Cliff, listen, I got to push back and I got to tell Thank you that you. I just... <laughs> I just came from FAMU's homecoming. Go Rattlers. I Go Rattlers. Florida South, uh, uh, Southeastern uh, University. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been to FIU, USF, UCF, Rollins. Um, I've been, I'm going to FSU later on today. So I have been out there talking to kids, making sure that Great. Gen Z is out there voting. So, you know, we're, we're doing it. I'm about it. And Charlie Chris is about it. And we got to get, we got to make sure that people are, are out there voting. Youth will well, be served. It's, it's good to hear that. Sorry about that, Mario. Go no, ahead. I was just going to say youth will be served. And, and it is really time because that's the one thing that the kids today, Gen Z, Gen X, whatever's above Gen X, I don't know. I'm too old to f- figure all of that stuff out. But the reality is, you know, Whitney's saying about it, right? The children are our future. And we, we you know, we, we got to make sure that they understand that democracy uh, is a is a full participatory sport, and it really yeah. their their vote absolutely matters. You know, when you call your city councilman, your county commissioner, they have paid staff that are there to record those calls and to make sure that your voice is heard. I just don't think that they think about those things. And unless we educate them and make sure that they understand, listen, we need you to run. Listen, we need you to consider running. For, for for local office, you know, give back to, to the people in your community. You love your city. This is a good opportunity for you to serve your city and figure out, you know, what's ahead and around the next corner, especially as it relates to technology, which every year seems to double in its capacity yeah. and it's moving exactly. faster and faster. Mm-hmm. You know, I always tell people, if you have problems with your computer, find a fourth grader on your block. They'll fix your computer in a minute. <laughs> you don't got to go to Best Buy. Forget the Geek Squad. Just that 10 year old kid, buy him an Icy. He'll work it out for you. But an Icy, does anybody still drink Icy's? Of course they do. Yeah. But but the reality is we need the young people to stay in the fold. We don't need to lose them to the other side because the other side's got bad intentions. Carla, the young people on the campuses embracing the message? 
They are, they are, and they're uh, thrilled to see us on campus. Um, I got some really good, um, you know, just feedback today from being in homecoming with FAMU, and that's what we're doing. We want to make sure that they understand how important, um, you know, their vote is. This That is the generation that marched in Tallahassee when Parkland happened, when Marjorie Stoneman uh, Douglas shooting happened. They took sure. to the streets, they made changes in Florida State government, and that's the same group of kids that we need to tell them and empower them to say, you know, we, we, we've been waiting for you. We need you all to come out and vote because we know that, you know, our base, the older uh, 55 plus um, generation e is going to get out Carla. and vote, but e we need e them to come out and vote. E easy, Carla, because you're talking to two of them right here. But the, but the, but you're <laughs> but, but you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And listen, there's no celo. What's the word for celo in English? Jealousy. There's no jealousy here. We're not. In fact, you hit it on the head when you said we've been waiting for you. Mijo, mija. Join the fight. This is your country. This is your democracy. It's like, you know, you can almost hear your grandfather telling you, you know, mijo, I'm, I'm too old to do that anymore. It's your time now. You know, I, I brought the ball this far. Now you take it the next, you know, half the length of the field. And poco a poco, that's how we get there. But, you know, we, we can't turn our back on them. And we, and we can't right. disenfranchise anybody. We need every... That's right. And it's a really small group. It's the way, the way I see it, the way the, line, the battle lines are drawn. It's a really, really small group, not unlike the founding fathers who were white, who were, uh, you know, landowners, who owned people. You know, there was a certain yep. group of people that were entitled and, and figured themselves to be entitled to do everything. Now, you know... And here's the thing, Mario and Cliff, and I think you all probably know this, you know, that four years ago, um, the state was uh, was lost by less than half a percentage point, less than half, um, you know, just 33,000 votes, which, you know, we can we can find those 33,000 votes in so many different pockets. So I tell people, you know, you have to exercise your right to vote. You got to get out there. This is why early voting uh, is important. And if it wasn't so important, then Ron DeSantis wouldn't be doing so many things to try to suppress the vote and limit, you know, um, you know, uh, ballot boxes uh, being put in places or expanding hours. If it wasn't important, he wouldn't be working so hard against it. So we got to get out and vote. We got to use our power. And absolutely, we need Gen Z, uh, you know, generation, all the, everybody, you know, Generation X, everybody needs to be out there voting. It was ne it was never so much a, a source of pride when you know, we, we became eligible to f make our first vote, right? When you, you were old enough finally to exercise your right as a citizen in the United States of America because we learned that in high school. We learned that how important it was from the time we were kids. If our parents were active, we, we tended to be active as well, and we couldn't wait. I can remember going with my abuela to the, to the polling place when I'm five, six, seven years old, walking into the little polling box with her, and she letting me p flip the switch that drew the curtain behind you because back then it was different technology and it was so weird, but it was kind of cool now that you think about it. And you're in the little mm. booth and the, and I, well, I would let me flip the little switch. It was like a little, you know, like a toggle that you had to kind of, yep. and it was, and but but when you left there, you felt you had done something important. You had served your community. You'd ultimately served your country. And these are the things that we need to make sure that we make feel important again. I hear you, Carla. I hear your passion. And and I know that you've been on the road working tirelessly. How many zapatos have you gone through? Huh? Are you listen, I I bunions, I've had bunions, corns, hammer toes that have broken down already. So we just <laughs> we just throw on a new pair and keep it moving. At a girl. At a girl. <laughs> well, you know, the fight, the fight, the struggle, la lucha, la lucha, it continues, right? right? Because right. because the the minute we lay down and we stop and we seed ground, and that's the problem you were just mentioning. You know, can you imagine if in 2000 Al Gore had just for a minute said, no, 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 I'm, I'm not buying this. 
This is not, yeah. uh, this isn't copacetic. This isn't kosher. I don't know what happened, but we, we need a recount. We need a recount of the recount. You know, that's what gave us the hanging chads and all that nonsense. But, uh, you know, and, it, and again, it was the state think, of Florida. Yeah, you know, and I think that now because of, you know, what Cliff was saying earlier with all the disinformation and misinformation that, you know, started, you know, six years ago, um, you know, it's incredibly important that we are all informed voters. Like, we have to make sure that we look at our ballots, you know, we carefully study the issues, the candidates, what each represents, and how they're going to affect us on our daily lives, you know. And, and if you want to know more about Charlie's platform and, you know, why he's running and why I'm running with him, please visit charliechris.com, browse on that site, look at our issues, and see what we're fighting for, um, and just make sure that you go out and vote. That's the main hey, thing. That's the takeaway. Uh, Cliff, any closing comments, Cliff? I just wanted to thank Carla for uh, jumping on the call. And I really appreciate um, your point of view and the things you have to share. I, um, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll just keep an eye and uh, do the best I can. I'm going to be volunteering for candidates up here in Atlanta. And um, who knows? One of these days I may make a run for office, but I got to go. I appreciate you taking time, and I certainly um, have enjoyed this discussion. Thank you, Cliff. Thank you, Mario. Keep on doing the great work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Carla, are you leaving us as well? You can if you have to, but if not, we can finish. We have about five minutes left. I, I would like to open the uh, microphone to, for you to say whatever you need to say in English, Spanish, or both. Sure. Um, you know, my name's Carla Hernandez. I'm a nominee for lieutenant governor with Charlie Chris. Y necesitamos a nuestra gente que salga a votar. El voto latino es extremadamente importante. Our Hispanic communities, our black communities, just all communities, uh, we must go out and vote. Um, please make sure that you are informed. Make sure that you're talking about what's important. Don't focus on these uh, false narratives that are out there, these culture wars. This is about affordability. We know that we are being priced out of our communities, that insurance property uh, prices are just too high. We know that we have to protect women and women um, should deserve to be treated as full humans and citizens. So we need to make sure that we vote pro-choice, pro-environment, pro, um, you know, taking care of our communities, especially, you know, so many hardworking people. I am a teacher. I believe in public education and I don't believe that banning books and censoring teachers is the way to do it. And there's only 11 days left. So if you want to be helpful to the campaign, text the word rally to 54238. Text the word rally to 54238. And let's win. Let's get out there. Let's make sure that people are informed. And let's make sure that we make a Florida that's better for everyone. Amen. Amen, as they say in church. Um, I couldn't agree with you more from, from the bottom of my heart. Uh, at times when I feel... Uh, the saddest or the most despondent or the most despair, I, I, I just have to kind of take a breath and close my eyes and realize that, listen, we've been here before. These are kind of dark times now, but uh, if, you, if you listen to uh, a podcast, and here's a gratuitous plug, and I don't get paid for this, but there's a podcast that just started recently, and Rachel Maddow drops a new episode every Monday, and it's called Ultra, U-L-T-R-A, Ultra. And she goes through, and it's in little bite-sized, Carlos, 37, 38-minute episodes. So you mm. can do it while you're on your Peloton, and I don't even know what that is, and I don't do that. But you can, you can do it while you're walking around the block and listen to it. And she's describing to us in infinitesimal detail, like she always does, because, you know, she's a Rhodes Scholar, and she's a teacher, right. too, and she, she teaches us. When we watch her on Monday nights, I'm watching with a pen and paper in my hand, and I'm taking notes. Yeah. She tells us the story of the United States, its political culture in the 1930s 
which ultimately led us to, you know, what happened in Europe in the 1930s. And it got us into one of the nastiest wars. And we had to beat back communism and beat back fascism and Nazism. And all of that seems to be repeating itself. But that said, that said, the, the takeaway is the lesson on her side is, listen, don't be too sad. Don't be too full of despair because we've been here before. And if we did it back then, we certainly we know how again. we can do it again. So, palante mi gente, don't be sad. And, and I've found in my own personal life the best way to, to kind of occupy your time in that mind space when you feel like things are going, I can't, I'm helpless. I feel help. I feel helpless. The best thing to do is to help somebody else. Right. Volunteer your time at a soup kitchen, uh, you know, passing out meals on wheels, you know, whatever it is, when you're helping somebody else or helping another cause, you kind of tend to forget about your own anxieties and you tend because you have a mission, you have a purpose. So you're moving, you know, and, and, and you're right. And, you know, Mario, one of the things, one of the beauties is that, you know, we have time to save and to be the saviors that we're looking for. Um, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, this is this is this is what it's about, making sure that we activate folks, that we empower people to get out and vote. Um, I know that Charlie will be a kind governor, one that's not going to strip away our rights, one that will expand access to voting, make Florida more affordable and, and help those in need. So if we talk about all those things, you know, those historical factors um, that happened in the 1930s and, you know, how depressing how depressing it is and how many characteristics we're seeing from some of our current leaders here in Florida, then we got to be the change. We got to be about it and we got to go out and vote and we got to vote for Charlie Chris. Let's make it happen. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think that the late great Michael Jackson sang about that. You know, it all starts with the man in the mirror and we can all be accountable to ourselves and to each other. Carla, let me say this um, before we get off the air, getting ready to sign off here in just a minute. What a joy it is to always talk to you. And even and even when we come at you with some good, hard, biting questions that, you know, maybe weren't pre-scripted, you handle them with class and with dignity and smarts. And that's what we need more of today, really and truthfully. And like I said, I'm a big fan of women for starting with my abuelita, going to my mom and my wife and everybody else, and now my granddaughter. So I, I think that it's, you know, it's time. It's your time. It's time for everybody to kind of engage. And if, if women are rising up around the country to, to show leadership, uh, good, because the guys have had a run at it for a while now. We ain't been doing so good. We ain't been doing right. so good. That's right. So make sure that everybody goes out and they vote. Thank you so much, Mario. You've been amazing, and I appreciate being on uh, your radio show here with Cliff. Anytime, anytime I'm here to serve you, so you know you have a, a friend uh, in Tampa uh, at the Tampa Native Show and at WMNF Studios as well. Uh, I wish you nothing but the best, Carla. And like I said, you're a rising star in our party. So, uh, palante, okay? Whatever happens coming up, palante. That's all I'm going to say. Gracias, amigo. Hay esperanza, hay que salir a votar. Cierto que sí. Gracias, querida. Uh, let me say that um, with about 30 seconds to go in the show, I love doing this. And I hope that you guys are getting a little bit of uh, engagement, entertainment, perhaps even more education, right? Because that's that's, it's all about that. Uh, and if we've ins- elicited some dialogue, even better. Uh, on behalf of everybody that puts this show together, Dwayne Terry, our producer engineer who does magic every week, WMNF Studios for their wonderful facilities. I'm Mario Nunez on behalf of Cliff Calendar. You've been listening to Weekly ordinance. Thank you, everybody.